0: Coming this Saturday, there will be blood. Head to mybookie.ag and get in on the UFC first blood promotion. When any fighter on the main card bleeds... You win the second you see blood chishing, you get paid. With this bet centered around five main card bouts, including two title bouts, you know the octagon won't stay dry for long, so take advantage of this opportunity to make some easy money with my bookie. Nick Diaz has bled in three of his last four fights. Robbie Lawler is a leaky faucet, so you know by the end of his five-round rematch, blood will be spilled. Head to my bookie now and use my promo code ZABE, Charlie Zulu alpha bravo echo and start off with a double deposit bonus that's promo code zabe to double your money so you can double your winnings with my bookie and that's not all if you deposit now you'll also get a free entry into my bookies 50 thousand dollar nfl survivor pool that's a double deposit bonus free money on the ufc and a free shot at 50 grand that's what i call a winning season bet anything anytime anywhere with my bookie Today on the ZabeCast, everybody hates the new taunting rule in the NFL, but do people understand it? I do. I'll try to explain. Just when you thought Dua Lipa's Levitating was the perfect song, my mind was blown. Plus, food admissions from a man left alone this week while taking care of the household. A solo mission today. More me. Spice your topics. So buckle up and let's go. here we go. Tuesday, September 21st, 2021. Thank you for downloading. Let's get cracking. Tonight's Packer game, last night's Packer game against the Lions, was too late for this edition of the Zapecast. But do please tune in to 97.3, the game out of Milwaukee on the iHeartRadio app if you do not live in the greater southeast Wisconsin area. And uh, enjoy the show. We will be breaking it down in great detail. I can assure you of that. Cut number one. Nanny Nanny Boo Boo. The NFL's new taunting rule took full force in week two, interjecting itself where nobody asked for it on offenses that had seemingly, for a long time at least, been total nothing burgers. Little head bob here, a pose there, a strut a swagger, a woof, woof, a come on, sucker. What's the harm? Why now? I get it, and you sound like an old man arguing anything other than this is an outrage. Let these guys play for God's sakes. I don't mind a little bit of jawing out there. I know, but I'll be the old man for a second. And I hate to ever be on the side of a Mara because this is from John Mera of the Giants. He was the guy behind this. So I hate to be on the side of a Mara because the only good Mera is a Mara who is in heaven. You can't say that. What what I just mean they're with the Lord. That's a it's a good thing. You can't say that. You're implying a dead Mara is the only good you can't you cannot. Fine. Anyway, but Mera's understanding of how players in this league would quickly take things is actually correct. Look at the headhunting rules that the NFL had to put in. You know, once upon a time, James Harrison was willfully annihilating his fellow NFLPA members with nuclear-tipped missile shots and 0.0 Fucks given about their health. Hey, we're all in this together, brother. <laughs> Not when James Harrison is out there, and he wasn't the only guy. Career's over. Can't open your eyes except in the dark with a towel over your head. Not my problem. Should have kept your head on a swivel. Boom! Like Terry Tate, office linebacker. I jacked a fool. The Bengals Steelers game on Monday night, several years ago. I forget how many years ago now that so revolted Sean McDonough when he was then lead voice of Monday Night Football and John Gruden was the logical ending to the whole let them play a little bit argument. The NFL is such a violent, such an alpha league, that its end derivation is inevitably a prison yard game. That's how these games would distill down to, if left to their own devices, to ferment. Look how celebrations got away from the league like a runaway train sharpies turned into prop hall of fame coats turned into planted cell phones and the goalposts we had mooning fans like randy moss we had people playing doggy and taking a piss in the end zone now every turnover turns into a more complicated end zone photo shoot than you know your aunt nelly's family reunion they're celebrating and then there's taunting and unfortunately, every play I saw flagged on Sunday was, at least in essence, taunting. It was a, take that, sucker. Go back and watch NFL highlights from the 70s and 80s. Yeah, you'll find a few examples of this, but not nearly as much. You have to log a lot of hours to find a couple of examples. And while you might say, well, who cares? Let them woof. You know what will happen. Woof's lead to shoving shoving leads to chop blocks chop blocks leads to swinging helmets at mason rudolph trying to decapitate him and that leads to bench clearing brawls and nobody wants an nfl game interrupted for 30 minutes to sort out an on-field fracas when these guys are both legally allowed in fact legally obligated to kill each other for our entertainment and gambling reward sometimes for 60 minutes every sunday we don't need the extra bullshit It's bad for the product, it's bad for the corporate American overlords, who, as you know, are paying for all this. And as Chris Rock once said about OJ, it ain't right, this taunting rule, but I understand. Cut number two. Once upon a time in a different universe. Speaking of comedian Chris Rock, he has covid He's going to be fine. So too does NFL Network host Rich Eisen. He too is going to be fine. What do they have in common? Well, of course, both are already vaccinated. And of course, they quickly turned and made statements to tell other people to get vaccinated as well. This under the premise of, you know, it would have been much worse otherwise. That's what they say. Sidebar. Do we know, Does anyone, are we tracking At all, what is the uh, calculated breakthrough rate of of infections for those who are vaccinated? Or are we not even calculating the breakthrough rate because with this push for boosters, it is well known now by everybody, but they don't want to say it that these things wear off. Okay, I'm just asking for a friend. Back to my point. Yes, it might have been much worse otherwise, or it might have been nothing. It's impossible to know that in each individual case. Studies do show the vaccine seems to be really good as sort of an advanced therapeutic, reducing severe outcomes and hospitalizations, but it's hard to kind of A, B group control that. But that's what the research shows. So it makes sense for a lot of people to get vaccinated. However, it does not prevent transmission, does not prevent getting COVID. And like I said, it wears off in about five to six months. What struck me was the quick and almost robotic call to others to get vaccinated from these two guys, high profile guys that themselves are both vaccinated. It's a stark contrast to the different universe 20 years ago when Chris Rock was good at well being a comedian. And funny as hell. And not just rich and famous and, oh, there's Chris Rock, he's so funny. Yeah, what has he done funny lately? I don't know, he used to to do all those bits that were, like, really funny. He doesn't do them anymore. But yeah, he used to be funny. Here he was talking about the government and curing things. That's right, we got AIDS out there. You think they're going to cure AIDS? No, they can't even cure athletes' foot. <laughs> they ain't curing AIDS. They ain't never curing AIDS. They ain't never curing AIDS. <laughs> Don't even think about that. They ain't curing AIDS because ain't no money in the cure. The money's in the medicine. That's how you get paid on the comeback. That's how a drug dealer makes his money on the comeback. That's all the government is, a bunch of motherfuckers drug dealers on the comeback. Thank they ain't no AIDS. I mean listen to the roaring here. That's all it is. The crowd is loving it. They gonna cure AIDS? That still matter all the money they lost on polio. Now imagine had he replaced AIDS with COVID and imagine if he had gone through how much money the United States government is sending to big pharma. Would he get that kind of rapturous applause and laughter? Oh, I certainly doubt it. I want to imagine an alternate timeline of sorts, one in which Donald Trump narrowly ekes out re-election, and everything else is the same. That's the only thing that's different. Would Chris Rock be out there doing stand-up sets ripping this half-assed Trump vaccine. That's got less protection than a tic-tac. He probably would. It might even be a little bit funny. But life, like I said, is too good for Chris Rock right now, so I guess there's no point in upsetting that apple cart. It's funny, the first bite, because he's not wrong about any of it. And while maybe some politicians would gladly snap their fingers and rid the world of COVID immediately, many of them, I'm sure, would say, oh, can we just, I do want to get rid of it, but we can we just go on with it a little bit longer? You know it, and I know it. Some people, though, just don't want to believe that. Cut three, doing right ain't got no end. Get a load of this email from an un, unnamed and, of course, anonymous emailer. No details with it, but he didn't like me playing the Chris Rockbite on my morning show on 97 through the game. So he wrote to say the following, well, Steve, I just thought you were a right winger with a great big mouth who does sports talk. Apparently you are so much more. Regarding Chris Rock and COVID, the important all caps fact is that vaccine recipients may get breakthrough infections, but very few of those infections require hospitalization or cause death. Now that I see you're using your huge public platform to encourage anti-vaccine behavior, I feel confident in realizing you are a much bigger piece of lying, traitorous dung than I had realized. You know, over 640,000 Americans have died, all caps, from COVID, which is more than the combined battlefield death toll from World War I, World War II, Vietnam, and the Korean Wars. You deserve to be put on trial for accessory to murder. But in the meantime, I suggest you return to your usual pastime of sucking on Tucker Carlson's micropenis. <laughs> That's good. One. That's good. You, you, you're good right there. Too creative to be a bot. So I'm going to assume this is a real live person who, of course, afraid to give any info about themselves, fired in from his U.S. cellular smartphone. All right. <laughs> yes, more Americans have died from COVID than World War I, World War II, Vietnam, and Korea. Now, compare heart disease to World War I, World War II, Vietnam, and never mind. I'm trying to use logic on you can't reason your way into something you can't reason your way out of something an argument if you didn't reason your way into it if you just emotionally invested yourself you're not going to be able to respond or even absorb any sort of logic good email and yet he listens (laughs) or she could have been a she and yet he or she still listens no knows enough to know that i'm a right winger but this was over the top. I hope I am not charged with uh, treason or accessory to murder. Accessory to murder. Oh, boy. Tell you what what the pandemic has shown me is that, A, there's a lot of mentally fragile people walking around in the world, and we just never knew it. I mean, we kind of knew it based on the amount of prescription drugs that are sold antidepressants and everything else nothing against them by the way if you genuinely suffer and and need them to help cope but man it has brought all of the zombie karens out of the woodwork and like moths to a lamppost this thing has broken their brains the second thing i've learned is that there's many willing tyrants Mostly elites, of all stripes, by the way, who would love nothing more than to put the unwashed, idiotic people of Walmart in their place for good. And they're working hard to do it as we speak. Cut number four. Uh, coach, have you actually read the rules of this game? David Cully, the 65-year-old first-time head coach, longtime assistant coaching lifer, currently boss of the Houston Texans, pulled a strange strategic move on Sunday. After passing the ball on 3rd and 15 into a 4th and 2, there was an offsides penalty that could have given the Texans a 3rd and 10. Instead, Cully declined the penalty. Then he went for it on 4th and... No. He punted. (laughs) Some opinions... Well, most people are like, You fucking idiot. What are you doing? Some people were a like, ah, you know, he admitted on Monday, he made the wrong call, give him a break, come on now. He admitted his mistake, go easy on him. I say no, don't go easy on him. David Cully gets no relief from me. Like Ace Rothstein in Casino, either he's too dumb to realize it or he was in on it. Either way, he jeopardizes the whole operation. Third and ten is where this league lives. It, hell, it would have been good practice anyway, 3rd and 10, if nothing else. Furthermore, in a season where it's pretty clear that winning for the Texans is an afterthought, sort of like, yeah, I guess that'd be nice if we could win every once in a while. I mean, you got a season in which they got a $125 million quarterback parked in the garage of massage therapy shame, just waiting for the NFL to figure out it's shit. And to figure out, well, is a team really going to give us five number ones for him? Not likely. Anyhow, one might think that Cully would be the king of YOLO calls in this situation. Like, yeah, fuck it. We're not trying to win this year. If we were, we'd be playing the guy that liked to hit on massage therapists, but let's go. Instead, he punts on fourth and two. So to me, there's no break whatsoever. There's no, well, he admitted it on Monday. Fuck, know the rules. No, the strategy, basic strategy. I mean, just go for it. He makes millions of dollars and nobody on the couch watching would have done that. Nobody, even guys who were half in the bag coated in orange Cheeto dust would have said, what are you doing? Boo. Boo, David Cully, Boo. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Need to hire? You need. Indeed. Cut number five. Balls the thigh of the church bills. It's from Dabney Coleman in the movie Dragnet. You'll have to see it. John Harbaugh won the game on Sunday night for the Ravens by simply doing one thing more coaches ought to do. And that is listen to his players. Fourth and one. Minus side of the field, one minute left, one point lead, Mahomes on the other side, no timeouts, you punt and hope to hold? Most cowards would do that. Most coaches are cowardly. They they would rather lose by the book than be bold and possibly win the game right there. Well, he went against that thinking, and that was a smart thing because the Chiefs are the most lethal team in the league. So if you can't get one stupid yard and take a knee for the win, and, and hit the showers happy, what are you doing? They went for it, and they got it, so good for Harbaugh, who afterwards gave this locker room speech, which I liked. However, it went on a bit too long. But I don't think we've ever had one bigger than that. I don't think we ever have. Here's what I love about that win. And we've said it before, Pernell. We were just saying it. Who you at, Pernell McPhee? Are you we said, cold. it ain't perfect, right? Yes, it's not pretty, but it's us. It's us, that's the Ravens. We know it, that's the Ravens, that's how it goes. And here's the beautiful thing about it. Well, I'm on the sideline back there, and it's going for two, it's going for fourth down, we're calling timeouts, we're just fighting our asses off. And I look back, what should we do? And I got 10 guys, go for it, I look some, go for it. Look, I look back, at Nick Boyle, he's in stretch. Go for it. Right. I got a guy, come more combined, I look, I look at our defensive line, goes over here, Anthony, he goes, he goes, Go for it. (laughs) Everybody said what? Go Go for it. it. And that's what you did tonight. That's what you did tonight. From the beginning of the game to the end of the game, you went for it. And that's what wins. Always. No matter what. All right. Now that's where he should have ended the little rant. We're at one minute even. Perfect length. He built it up. Signature phrase. What do we do? Go for it. And then he does a little epilogue. Boom and done. The clip has another minute 31 to go. I had to click away from it. I was like, okay, I've, I've heard enough. I heard the best part of it, which was there. Coach Harbaugh, good job, uh, but cut these things a little short. Go for a minute, minute 15 at the longest, and on a high note, and you're good to go. Oh, one other thing. If only Harbaugh would understand the proper use of second-half timeouts. He only had one timeout left with about a minute and change in the third quarter, much less fourth. Second half timeouts exist for one reason only, to stop the clock on defense. That's it. They are three time coupons. That's what they are. They are redeemable for a nearly one minute, 30 seconds, give or take, of extra game play, which is a lifetime should you find yourself behind and needing a minor miracle to win. Don't use those time coupons for anything other than time. On defense, when you can't control the clock. Harbaugh violates this simple rule more than any other coach. And if I were a Raven fan, it would absolutely drive me crazy. Big win, though. Exciting win for the Ravens. Cut number six. It's even better with trombones. Email time again. Uh, this one came in to me from one John Sinitz the third. Hello, Sinitz Johnny Sinitz Zabe, I've got a banger suggestion. We were at Summerfest on Saturday and saw a Milwaukee band called Something to Do. They covered the Dua Lipa song, Levitating. Ooh, love that song. I'd never heard the band before, but instantly knew that this song was a banger. Reasons... For this song being a banger, included one great backstory about a local band that bills themselves as a rock and roll and ska band from Milwaukee, USA. That would be something to do. Number two, my teenage kids love the Dua Lipa song. Who doesn't? Three, the band has a horn section. Agreed. And four, the crowd at Summerfest went nuts. Here's a couple links. Enjoy. So, I went to listen to their version of it, and this is how it goes. I hear the Scott in there More up tempo than the actual song More driving you me I want you baby a sugar boo I'm I uh, I don't mind the ska. I just, this song needs to float. It needs to cruise. It needs to just sort of meander. So anyhow, uh, this got me to Googling and looking on YouTube for some other versions, perhaps, of Levitating. And I found this one from a guy by the name of Christopher Bill, B-I-L-L. I don't know if that's his real name. It's an interesting name. His uh, YouTube channel is called Classical Trombone. He is a great trombonist. Not as good as Trombone Shorty, but that's a whole different story. Nobody's as good as him. And he composed and put together a score to complement the Dua Lipa song and laid it over top. And let me tell you, oh, my God, you get me a full jazz orchestra, some doo-wop girls, and this shit would be next level. He played I a all five different tracks and wrote all of the riffs himself. Yes! I think I just came right there with that trombone riff. So fucking good. Shut up, I'm listening to the song. One of the greatest, ain't no debate, no. Lays out here for a little da baby. baby. I he's okay after that whole incident me, with me, the gay badging. Oh, my listen face. to this. <laughs> so tasty. Right foot, Holy shit. Th- this song was already great. It's even better now. Here we go. Ketchup, go put some cheese on it, get out and get your bread up. Yeah. They always leave me you run together. Way a little on my shoulders, I kept my head up. Now, baby, stand up. Cause The low notes and the growling. Oh, my God. Anyhow, wow, that is some good stuff right there. Christopher Bill, classical trombone is the name of his site. And it, it and now now we got to find a way. I've I've pulled the audio. I got to find a way to introduce it to my iTunes ecosystem so it's on my playlist with everything else because it it is that good. Cut number seven. Holy shit! What was that? Speaking of awesome things, did you see DJ Graham of Oklahoma? He is now legend for maybe the greatest football catch of all time. It was in their game uh, this weekend. He leapt up to seal uh, the win against Nebraska with an, I don't even know how to describe it, one-handed, falling backwards, sort of an overhand stab that he then deftly tucked into his body. And of course, the great Gussie Jay was on the call. To going for. Martinez steps up. Throws. Oh, what an interception! Oh my gosh! <laughs> DJ Graham! Give me that, Odell! Funny thing is, it was 4th and 18. Knocking it down would have been just as good, but he actually made the catch. Wow you got to see that one. So it got me to thinking, what are the greatest catches of all time? Dwight Clark, the catch. Ken Griffey Jr., when he went flying into the wall in Seattle and hit the wall like Spider-Man after making the catch. Both feet and hands. I'd say the dude who caught a foul ball this summer while his kid hung in midair. He had kid in one arm, beer in the other. Foul ball's coming. He makes a split-second decision to briefly release his kid grab the ball and then catch his kid on the way down and it was caught in slow motion I would say the roofer in Chicago who caught the extra point as it went over the net that was one of the great catches of all time Ooh, the guy who caught the baby from a building in Philadelphia and then cut a promo on how bad Nelson Aguilar was because he's an Eagle fan all some of the greatest catches of all time. If I'm missing any, and I'm sure I am, let me know. At Zabe on Twitter, or go ahead and uh, email me, zabe at yahoo.com. Cut number eight. How the mighty have fallen. I don't mean to alarm anybody, but Florida State and Miami are currently one in five Combined. Once the gold standard of college football, intense rivalry, the kind of rearrange your weekend because they're playing this Saturday type of programs, producers of a long line, a conga line of first-round talent to the NFL are one and five in what should have been the easy meaty part of the schedule delicious not the meaty part the easy cupcakey part of the schedule that includes losses to Jacksonville State and Wake Forest are you kidding me how have they fallen why have they fallen how do they get up help I've fallen I can't get up why do programs fall Nebraska still trying Michigan despite Harbaugh struggling although we'll see decent start. USC just fired their coach. Texas can't get it right. Why do the major programs fall? Only Alabama and Ohio State have really kept from a huge, embarrassing fall off in the last 20 or so years. And Ohio State has run through a bunch of, well, not a bunch, it's run through a handful of coaches along the way. Whereas Alabama, it's been pretty much all the brilliance of the dictator. Would love to hear your thoughts on that. Cut number nine. I was bedeviled by the eggs. So my wife is in California with my uh, sister, my mom, sister-in-law, and they're visiting aunts and uncles and cousins, having a grand time in Lake Tahoe, God's country. So I'm here holding down the fort, making lunches for my daughter, Catherine, and she apparently is a fan of deviled eggs. (laughs) I know. Is that your daughter? Really? Yeah. She she likes them. So – she wanted them and would not be talked out of it, and so I had to go make the deviled eggs. I had no idea whatsoever. I knew what they looked like, which was like eggs cut in half with some stuff sprinkled in there, but that was pretty much it. So I'm going through the instructions. and Well, I, I called my wife, of course. I'm like, all right, how do I do this? She's like, okay, it's not that hard. You just got to do this, this, uh. I start shoveling. I start scooping out the yolk, and i about to throw it away. She's like, no, 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 put that in a bowl. I start smearing the mayonnaise in the hollowed out. She's like, no, that doesn't go there yet. Mayonnaise with the yolk, and then some mustard, and then some paprika, and then you mix it all together, and then you scoop it back in there. Fingers are all disgusting and everything else. It was comical. I was, I was starting to get really short-tempered. I was like, oh, God, what what the hell am I doing here? But, yeah, I had no idea how to make deviled eggs. Do you know how to make that? De- Have you ever had deviled eggs? I guess if that's your thing, (laughs) surely isn't mine. Finally, cut number 10. Scheme? Schmeem. Is naming your starter scheme-related? Matt Nagy of the Bears thinks so. Andy Dalton, bone bruise on his knee, not a blown-out ACL. That's good for him. He's questionable going forward. So does that mean Justin Fields, who came in and played okay in the win, will be the starter this week? Maybe. Maybe not. But don't you dare ask Matt Nagy. Bald, visor-wearing, hard-ass. Reporter, quote, is Andy Dalton still your starter of healthy? Nagy, oh, that's something I'm not going to get into with scheme. Reporter, that's not scheme. Nagy, yes it is. Reporter, no, it's not. Nagy, it absolutely is. And back and forth they went. (laughs) I mean, maybe he's a great guy. He seems like he's an okay coach. But the whole, uh, I'm bald and I'm going to wear a visor. That that to me struck me as okay. (laughs) But yeah, like you don't think your next week's opponent isn't going to prep up both guys, not knowing when Fields could be in at any minute. Uh, or or who knows what packages you're going to use them with. Don't overthink it. You know, they're just trying to figure out, all right, you know, if Dalton's healthy, we'll go with him. If not, we'll go with Fields. It's that simple. All right, that is a wrap, people. Thank you so much for listening. For those in Milwaukee, I want to remind you, Sunburn Bowl 3 is going to sell out. I don't want you to miss it. This event is amazing. Uh, Plus, we're going to have a kickoff and press conference at 6.30 on Thursday, September 30th at Central Standard Distilling in Milwaukee. No reservation needed, no obligation. It's not a timeshare thing. We're not going to lock you in the room. Just drinks, food, prizes, trivia, slideshow, and good people. So come on by for that. Better yet, book your trip now to Sunburn Bowl 3 by calling 833-TL-TRIPS. You do not have to fly from Milwaukee, but I don't know anybody from there. You know me, and you'll get to know everybody else. This is Beach Week for adults. You'll never feel as young as you will on a trip like this. And guess what? You'll never be as young as you are this second. We're all getting older and none of us are getting out of your life. You can watch the morning show live in paradise. Watch the Super Bowl with us. Maybe win Sunburn Bowl MVP. Who knows? It's going to be an absolute blast. Go to 973thegame.com for more info or call 833-TL-TRIPS. Or just ask me for a link to last year's videos or photos. I'll I'll bury you in digital assets. As always, rate and review this podcast. Subscribe to a premium tier for a full five days. It's only five bucks a month, even less when you buy a year in advance. And go have yourself a great Tuesday, and we will see you next time.